You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. But it's great to be with you and... Carol service is one of my favourite services of the year. I just love just belting out carols. So if my voice goes, it's because I went too hard in the songs before, so I'm sorry. But today, we're carrying on with our Step Into Christmas series. Turn to the person next to you and say, Step Into Christmas. There we go, sounding very good. And today's message is all about the epiphany. This was a third century celebration, all to do with the wise men following the light of the star. And doing some research for this sermon, I actually discovered the wise man. One of the wise men. So if you'd like to turn your eyes to the screens, he's coming up. Oh, there he is there. He's the one on the right, making a very unwise decision of those genes. Oh, God, I can fit about four kids in there. Not a very wise decision. But today's message is called A Light for Eternity. A Light for Eternity. See, I don't know about you, church, but I don't really like being in the dark. I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan. But for me personally, what's worse than being in the dark physically is being left in the dark metaphorically. You know, maybe if you go to a Christmas party and they, and they didn't tell you the dress code, you get there in relaxed outfit and everyone's there in suits. You've been left in the dark. Or maybe you've been given a task, um, and the task at hand, they didn't really explain it. You go and do the task, and there's so many more things that you needed to do, you've been left in the dark. I had a moment a few weeks ago, um, on a Friday, I work in a, in a primary school, and, and I love it there. I do mentoring and sport coaching. And the kids are awesome there. Um, they've got a couple nicknames for me. The most recent one, they call me Mr. Mustache. <laughs> if you're past second row, you can't see it, but it's there, I promise. <laughs> But this was, this was a big improvement from my recent nickname, Mr. Carrot. If you don't know me, last name's Garrett, Mr. Carrot. You can see I have their utmost respect and they, they see me as a valued member of staff. But a few weeks ago, what I normally do in the morning is I get there at half eight and I go and set up my mentoring room. And then I come down and then my, my task at hand is to go and welcome everyone. Go onto the playground and literally, you know like in Madagascar where the penguins are just like, smile and wave boys. That's my job for half an hour. It's awesome. The task has been illuminated to me. I know exactly what I'm doing, and it's great. But what happened a couple of weeks ago was one of the members of staff rushed over and went, Dan, Dan, we need you in reception, because the receptionist was ill. So, Dan, what we need you to do is to let people in the door. And I'm a bit of a yes man sometimes, so I went, yeah, yeah, whatever, and I went, and they showed me the buzzer, and I sat there and I thought, I don't know who I'm meant to be letting in. I have no list. I don't know who to expect, whether they have lanyards or not. Totally in the dark. And they're short-staffed. Everyone's outside. So I'm like trembling. I'm like, oh, if I let someone in, this is a big deal. This is bad. And the 10 minutes go by, and the 10 minutes are all right. No one shows. But then as I'm sat there, and if I'm honest, it was warm in there. I was like, nodding off. And, and suddenly, bang, on the window. There was, a, there was an older-looking guy, completely fully clothed, hooded up, banging, waving, saying, let me in. But he didn't have a kid with him, and he had a big bottle of whiskey. And I'm thinking, well, you're not coming in. Not a chance. You can stay out in the cold. So he's banging, saying, let me in, let me in. I'm like, no. 
see, I start to see my name in the headlines, like brave students uh, keeps out all drunk. And I'm thinking, oh, this is good. And then as I'm leaving him out there and he's starting to shake because it's quite cold, a member of the staff comes and goes, Dan, let Steve in. He was one of the elderly readers who volunteers at the school. The bottle of whiskey was for the Christmas fair tombola. Oh, and the headlines change. Stupid boy locks out charitable old man from school. Oh, totally left in the dark. Couldn't believe it. Like I say, I don't like being in the dark. When you're in the dark, it's confusing. You can't see and you're not sure what's there. You see, I got brought up quite well by my parents. My dad always told me, never look in a woman's handbag. And I stick to that to this day. So even when my mum would tell me, Dan, can you get something out of my handbag? I'd close my eyes. <laughs> I'd go into darkness. And I'd, all she'd want was a pack of tissues, but I'm fishing around. Oh, snake. Oh, spider. This bush took a trail. Just trying to get some tissues. Totally in the dark. Because in the dark, I couldn't see. As soon as you turn the light on, oh, it's just a pack of polos. Oh, as soon as you turn the light on, oh, damn, that was just my purse. But in the light church, you can't really, you can't see, can you? And I think sometimes in life and in the world, it can be quite a dark place. It can be quite confusing. There can be a lot of worries, especially we can't see too far in the future. We can start to get a bit anxious about what's going to happen because I feel like this situation's dark. But what I want to encourage you today is this that there is a light this Christmas for you. There is a light that will never go out, and his name is Jesus. In the Bible, it says this, John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Church, this Christmas, Jesus is the light. He can bring light into a dark situation and he can light up your circumstance. So church, this Christmas, please, don't miss the light. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't miss the light. As I was saying, this was um, all hooked around the story of the wise men. They're also known as magi. And the, the passage that we're going to read from comes from Matthew chapter 2. And this is the story of picking up where the wise men have just spoken to King Herod, and now they're going to look for Jesus. So this is Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. It says this, After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And then the star they had seen when it went ahead of them, um, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then, the, then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I reckon a lot of you are familiar with this passage. Give me a wave if you've heard of the wise men before. Most of you. We've either read it or seen it in the nativity. Am I right? Yeah. Am I okay, church, to ruin the nativity for you? And everybody said no. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. So, the wise men, right, they never actually made it to the stable. I'll let it sink in. They were never there. See, in verse 11, it tells us, on coming to the house. See, Mary and Joseph have got themselves on the property ladder. Maybe there's some good schemes in Bethlehem that maybe we should reintroduce today, but they were on the property ladder. And this was because it was a long journey. 
The Magi, they were wise men that came from Persia, over 600 miles away. It was a long journey. They had to seek out the light. It's estimated that it probably took them between one and two years to get there. It's a long journey. Hence why Herod says afterwards, in that quite dark bit of scripture, that he ordered for all the babies under two to be killed. Because it took them that long to get there. Church, today, the first thing that we need to do to make sure we don't miss the light is we need to seek out the light. We need to seek out the light of Jesus. See, I wonder if you've ever had a moment where you've been seeking something out. Just recently for me, I've been seeking out a good haircut. A few of you may be saying, Dan, keep looking. I say, oh, that's awfully rude. But you see, in in March time, um, my head got shaved for a youth fundraiser. Love you, you bandits over there, oh my word. But I've been seeking out a good haircut. My head got shaved, it looked awful. I grew out a bit, it looked awful. I got it shaped, it looked awful. Then I started to grow it into silver hair. It looked all right. And then I got it braided. Less said about that, the better. And then I got it a bit longer, and now this is where we're at. I'm not too happy, but it's okay. I was seeking out a good haircut. See, maybe, maybe today you've had a moment in your life where you've been on a long journey. You've been seeking something out. Maybe over summertime, you go down to Cornwall, and you're on that long drive, and Cornwall goes in the back. Awesome. You've been seeking out the sandy shores and a Cornish pasty. You make the long drive down. You're seeking something out. Or maybe you go on a a walk at a National Trust adventure, and um, you're seeking out the cafe. Where's the cafe? I can't find it. Guilty face, it's on the front row. Where is it? I can't find it. Maybe you've got kids and you, your kids, when they, do play, they play hide and seek and your kids hide and you seek. Or maybe you're single and you're seeking out a husband or wife to provide you with kids so that they can hide. Then you can seek them out. We're all on a journey. We're all seeking something out. See, maybe today you're seeking purpose. You're trying to seek out clarity. You're trying to seek out a hope and a solid foundation that you can put your life on. You're trying to seek out something that you can put your faith in. Seek out that something where you can go, yeah, I can build my life on this. In the Bible, it tells us, church, when we seek first the light, Matthew 6, 33, when we seek out the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things will be given unto us. Church, when we seek out the light of God, provision comes into play. Church, when you seek out the kingdom of God, everything will come into play. Because you see, church, it trickles down. When you seek first the light, you stop becoming anxious about what the future may hold because God's saying, he's lighting up and he's saying, I've got it. When you, like, when you seek first the kingdom of God, you get security. You get a, you're able to see a place where you can put an anchor and start to build your life on. When you seek first the kingdom of God, you get stability. And if I'm honest, there's no real smooth way to kind of bring this in. But guys, I'll be honest. God really spoke to me about moths while preparing this message. So I did a bit of research. And it's really interesting, right? So I researched, found out that they were annoying. Nothing new there. But what I found out is that moths are actually attracted to the moon. They're attracted to the light. And what happens is they see the lights in the world. They see your lamp. They see your lamp in the porch. They see lights in your bedroom. And what happens is they get attracted to those. They go off course, and you know what happens next. 
Church, we can't get distracted by the lights in the world. We can't get distracted by the temporary lights. We need to seek first the eternal light. I think the wise men, it was a long journey. Bethlehem was over there, 600 miles away. I reckon they probably could have got two months in and thought, oh, over there looks nice. Maybe the food's good here. I might go over here. Or, you know what, eight months down the line, I know I'm meant to be seeking that light, but I don't know, it seems quite good here. And what would have happened is we would have never have heard of them because they never would have made it. Church, we cannot get distracted by temporary lights. Maybe you find yourself getting distracted by comparison. Never do it. It robs you of the joy. Seek first the kingdom. Maybe you find yourself getting distracted comparing with jobs. Don't do it. Seek first the kingdom. Maybe you find yourself getting distracted looking what everyone else has got. Don't do it. Seek first the kingdom of God. We've got to be a people who walk fiercely determined seeking the light of Jesus. Because church, we cannot set our destinations on lights that may run out of battery when we get there. We cannot set our destination on lights that fade. We need to walk fiercely determined to the light of Jesus. The light that I promise you when you get there, it will still be bright. A light that when you get there, he'll still provide. A light that even though it's hard, when you get there, God will provide for you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the light of Jesus. Don't miss the light this Christmas. Don't miss it. Second thing is this. When we seek out the light, we need to receive it. Turn to the person next to you and say, receive the light. Because what can happen, we can make the journey, can't we? But we actually need to receive it. For those of you who don't know me, um, I'm in my second year at university. And my university works a bit differently. It works on what we call intensive weeks. So what happens is, for one full week of a month, I'm in uni, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. And that's when we get to meet everyone across the country. And so what we do, we make it a priority to go out. So we go out for food every day. I put some money away and we go out. And I tell you what, guys, that first week, after five days of no greenery, I came home and had a bowl of broccoli. <laughs> Not even joking, I was craving it. But we go out and we eat. We spend time and community together. And I remember in the first week, we went to Wagamama's. Give me a wave if you've been to Wagamama's before. It's a good establishment. But I didn't know that the first time. I only heard bad things about it. So they were like, Dan, we need to go to Wagamama's. And I went, oh, do we have to? There's Rudy's in Manchester. There's good taco places. Oh, I don't know. But I went on the journey with them. I seeked out Wagamama's. And I got there, and I put my coat on the coat rack. 17 other people put their coats on my coat. And then I couldn't get the QR code to work, and the chef was trying to explain how my food might come at a different time, and it was just a mind-boggling experience. And I was just fuming. I, lived, I, lived a, I was closed off, and I didn't have a good time. So you best believe when they said, Dan, let's go in October, I was like, no, I don't want to go again. But I wanted to spend time with my friends. So begrudgingly, arms folded, I went and made the journey to Wagamama's. And as I was sat there, coat on, like this, I just thought, Dan, look at yourself. I was like, oh, okay. And what I did was I started to open my arms and I put myself in a position to receive. And I started to talk to my friends, like, what's actually good? And he said, um, well, by the way, Dan, you get a green tea for free. I was like, for free? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. 
And then my friend said to me, Dan Vestergaard, I'm dropping his name because he's an icon for this. He said to me, Dan, try the pork belly ramen. I tell you what, church, after following Jesus, best decision I ever made getting that food. Oh my goodness. It changed it. And I, I started to live open. And I received good food. I received a good time. And it was great. I was completely surprised by my experience. But I wouldn't have got it if I still lived closed off. Surprises, we've got to be open to them. In the Bible, I reckon the wise men, I reckon they were pretty surprised when they came to a house in Bethlehem. The Bible tells us nothing good comes from Bethlehem. The Magi, they had dual responsibility as priests and counselors in the Persian Empire. They could anoint the kings of the time. They lived in big palaces. But I reckon when they came to the house, they could have had a moment where they went, oh, it's not what it, it's not what it should look like. And I think what the Magi could have done, they could have crossed their arms. They could have gone, oh, we've made the journey, like I made the journey to Wagamama's. But you know what? I'm folding my arms. I don't want to receive anything. I've been let down. We made this journey and it, I didn't think it would end this way. And what could, what could have happened? They could have walked in, arms crossed, dumped the gifts, walked home. Missing the light of Jesus. Church, we can't let disappointment, prayers that might have gone unanswered for a time, family members that maybe have been hurt, we can't let that stop us from receiving the light of Jesus. Because it's not worth it. I remember about six years ago, Six years ago, I remember really clearly, I played a football match and my dad came and picked me up. And we went to Costa Coffee and I remember sat in Costa Coffee, he told me that my aunt, who I was really close with, diagnosed with cancer. She was 29, heart fell, hardened, closed off. Three years we prayed and we petitioned. 32, she died. Arms folded. God, I don't want anything to do with it heartbroken. God, we prayed for this thing. How, how could this happen? She said to God, I don't understand. My heart became hardened and closed off. The interesting thing is, church, I'd still come to church. I'd still go to youth. I'd still go to my small group. But if I'm honest, I live with my arms crossed. I'd seek out Jesus, but I don't want anything to do with you. I can't open that wound up. I don't want your light to come in because I don't know what it might look like when you, when you put it on. I remember when I carried this burden for longer than I should have and I came to church and I sat in that seat just there. First quarter music played and just I couldn't do it. Floods of tears, I couldn't do it. And I ran out, I ran out those doors into the downstairs kids room. I remember it so vividly now, I couldn't do it. Pastor Lee followed me out and consoled me. And I started this journey of opening up and starting to let God's light in. And I tell you what church, I'm not going to tell you it's easy because it wasn't. But when I opened up the wound, when I brought the light of Jesus into the dark place, I felt a joy that um, I couldn't explain. Because I know the situation's bad, but God, why, why am I okay with this now? God, why, even though I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm confused. She was 32. Why do I now feel at peace with this? And it was a journey, but I'm so glad I went on it. Because it changed my life. 
I went from having no faith to the biggest faith I've ever had. I went from being broken and downcast to starting to rejoice in the Lord again. Because church, we cannot miss the light. We can't afford to do it. God is with you. Psalm 147, verse 3, it says this. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. What the Bible doesn't say, he heals the, the ones who feel brokenhearted, the ones who think they are. He says it, you know what? I see that you're brokenhearted, but I am with you. God is drawing close towards you, and he wants to bound up your wounds. But church, we've got to let him in. We've got to let him do it. When we go to the hospital, we don't just go for the diagnostics and walk out. We go for the treatment too. You've made the first step. You're here today. You've seeked the light. So we've got to receive it. Don't live closed off in that area of your life. You've got to let him in. Don't live closed off from the joy he's got from you. You've got to let him in. Don't miss it. It's one of the most celebrated times of the year. Don't hold on to that thing. Don't miss it. Church, we've got to seek the light. We've got to receive it. It might be difficult, but I want to encourage you. Get someone around you. I couldn't have done it without Pastor Lee. I used Pastor Tam. Couldn't have done it. I would have cried and probably sat in the car, but he came up and around me. Let God in. Receive the light of Jesus. What I want to do is I want to create a moment if if maybe you've never received the light of Jesus. Maybe you're saying, Dan, today, you know what? I've actually never received Jesus into my life. I've never received that light. Or maybe once you were walking with Jesus, you were walking with him, but you started to walk off, get distracted by the lights of the world. I want to create a moment for you to come back into right relationship with Jesus. So I'd love it if we could just have every head bowed and eyes closed around the room. Just going to be me and a couple of team looking around so I know who I'm praying for. I'm going to count up from one to three and if on three you want to say today that Jesus, I want to receive your light into my heart, I'd love for you to throw up your hands. So one, if that's you, you don't need to have it all together. None of us do. That's why we need him. Two, Jesus loves for you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't miss the light this Christmas. Let him in. Three, if that's you, I'd love for you just to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you, I see that hand in the middle. Thank you, I see that hand on my left. Give it a couple more moments. Jesus is knocking on your door. I want to leave this opportunity so you've got an opportunity to receive him. Thank you for that hand in the middle, you can pop it back down. Looking at my right, your left. You're saying, I want to come into right relationship with Jesus today. I'd love for you to put up your hand and respond to him. Give it five more seconds. Okay, church, we're going to pray. But we're going to stand as a church together. And we're all going to pray this prayer after me, okay? So after me, thank you, Jesus. Come on, everyone in the room, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you have a plan for me. I know that there's things that I've done wrong. But today I make a decision to live for you. I want to stop living my way. 
and live for you, Jesus. So right now, I call myself a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just give a shout of praise to all those people who have just responded today? Come on, praise Him. Let's join with the angels dancing. Come on. It is the best decision that you could ever make, receiving the light of Jesus. But now, church, now that we've had an opportunity to receive the light, there's one more thing that we need to do. We need to realize that, church, we are called to be the light. We are called to be the light in our world. In Acts chapter 13, it says this, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. You are called to bring the light into your family. You're called to bring the light into your workplace. This church, greater is the light in you than the light in the world. You can be the light with all authority. All it takes is one step of courage. Can I pray for you? One step of courage, smile, open up the conversation. Church, imagine if around the Christmas table this year, we were the light. Imagine around the family table and we're walking on those Christmas walks, we were the light. Maybe that person we don't normally see at Christmas, we decided, you know what, I'm going to be the light for them. We've got to be the light. One of my favorite stories from the Old Testament is Moses, when he goes up onto the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments and the law. And he comes down and his face is literally glowing because he's had time and presence with the Lord. He's received it. So what I'd love for you to do, if you're able, I'd love for you to stand. Seek the light, receive the light, and then we need to be the light. You see, for Moses to be glowing in his face, he had to have that time on the mountain. He had to have time to receive from God. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.